G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You might be aware the Australian Bureau of Statistics says a whopping 74.5% of eligible voters have returned their ballot papers in the National Survey on same-sex marriage. Now that is a whisker under 12 million people. It's three quarters of all voters. But the published polling has support for the yes vote at 60% or higher in the Australian community. The ABS estimates it received an additional 300,000 forms just in this past week alone. Now The survey closes on November the 7th and results are expected on November the 15th. Let's talk through some of the controversial issues today. Dr. David Van Gend is joining us. He leads the Australian Marriage Forum and is a part of the Coalition for Marriage. He wrote the best-selling book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. So a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Dr. David Van Gend. Lovely to be here, Neil. Maybe for the last time in this long... It has been a long battle. The campaign has been tiring. David, you've been travelling around the countryside. You've you've gone from one side of the country to the other, and uh, people have been very interested in the contribution that you've been making. Uh, what's just uh, in a nutshell recount the sorts of travels uh, that you've been doing, and uh, any highlights there you can you can think of? Well, there's <laughs> there's been a blur, and if I was one of these people who kept a diary, I'd be able to tell you where I've been. But it's all a blur, Neil. I think at one stage it was nine flights, ten cities in three days for various goings-on. More recently, I spoke to YWAM in Brisbane a week or so back. That was terrific, talking to some intelligent young people. And I said to them, if we lose this, you will be a small revolutionary minority. Um, you'll be the counterculture. You'll be the ones holding to the ancient truths against a culture that's basically drifted away from us. So it's going to be interesting times if we lose this debate because there is nothing compared to the deconstruction of marriage and family. There is nothing that will undo Christian culture and Western culture faster. Uh, it's beyond our understanding how, how important this is. So, yes, that's I've been <clears throat> dashing around, and I spoke to a beautiful Greek Orthodox community on Sunday night in Brisbane, uh, and they, they bought about 45 books, which is great. It's not too late. Still time to quickly read the book. You can get it on Kindle, whereas it was actually number one on Amazon Kindle in the social sciences last month for a little while. I had great pleasure, Neil, because it actually beat that, that rather odious chap, Benjamin Law, who'd been saying foul things about coalition MPs uh, who didn't support gay marriage. And uh, his book uh, was at number one, but I managed to topple it for a little while. So that, that was, that was a, a happy moment in the campaign. That is and, good. Yeah, as you the, know, Neil, as yeah. you said, it's, it's, it's almost the finishing line, and people listening have only got, at the very longest, one week from today to put their ballot in the mail. Beyond that time, it may not reach Australia Post, uh, it may not reach Sydney by, the, um, by 6 p.m. on the 7th of November. If it doesn't arrive by 6 p.m. on the 7th of November, it's not counted, 
and there are still four million votes out there that we need our side our campaign is trying hard to mobilize so we'll be out knocking on doors through the coalition for marriage this weekend and whenever we can saying to people last chance to post and please think hard about the consequences of changing marriage, the consequences for what your kids will be taught at school and the consequences for what we will be able to say and believe and teach our own children. David, three quarters of us have already cast our vote Mm -hmm. uh, and it says something, I'm sure, I'll get your impression. Uh, There's been this impression that somehow or other because it's been a voluntary vote that, that Aussies will be lazy or the teenagers won't know how to post a letter at a post box. Uh, it is. It has been a voluntary vote, and and in fact, what are your thoughts on the, on the the fact that it is considered to be a very strong turnout, and still there's another week to go. Yes, as, as it should be. Uh, remember, we are a self-governing democracy. We are the government. We are self-governing, and therefore we have to take responsibility for our country, whether it's voting in every election or whether it's voting in the plebiscite. So it's, it's a sign of good health in our country. We hope it's a sign of growing awareness uh, of people as to how important it is not to change marriage, but, you know, we face the reality that our society is, um, is pretty far, far advanced in its um, state of what we might call oprification, you know, the sort of Oprah mentality that everything is to be reduced to sort of niceness and how you feel and everything's sort of therapeutic. And people have lost sight of the foundations of the deep, natural order of society, which we, we tinker with at our peril. Uh, the idea that you can redefine family itself as no longer being based in nature, the male, the female, the offspring, the child's deep and primal link to her mother and father, the fact that we could consider destroying that in law and making it a genderless institution with absolutely no reference to man and woman is revolutionary and profound. And sadly, Neil, our culture is so so dumbed down now that um, it may well come to pass. We'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. David, I want to get into the most controversial issues in the entire marriage campaign. And when it comes down to it, it, these uh, very, very controversial issues are not just the emotive slogans that each side comes up with, but those things that are based in the real science of what shows what's best in the interests of a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, as much as people try to separate children from the whole issue of marriage, of course that's ridiculous because children are the product of a marriage. And the marriage uh, issues, as they've been represented in social science, uh, in the studies that have been put forward, uh, some of those, uh, the claims are just not credible. You've written extensively in your book, Stealing from a Child, about social science. Uh, how do you describe, is there is there a way to describe uh, just how this debate has unfolded, the sorts of statistics that people are putting up? Can you describe those sorts of things uh, in a nutshell? And then we might get into some detail. Yeah, sure. It's, it's um, again, it's the dumbing down of society and the, and the loss of integrity, I have to say, of my medical profession in particular, that they're prepared to... Um, distort the science for the sake of ideology or of politics. Quite extraordinary. And a group of us doctors wrote 
a strong critique of the AMA's position when they came out in support of so-called marriage equality. And that petition criticising the AMA's false reporting of the science has now got, what, about 700 doctors, 36 professors, six past AMA state presidents all signing up to it. Uh, that you can, people can read that at critiqueama.com, critiqueama.com, if they want to see the shape of the science. But this is the problem, Neil. We know in social science one big truth, more confidently than we know anything else. And this is based on now 50 years of research. And we know that children on average do best in every parameter, every variable, when they are raised by their married, biological mother and father in a low-conflict marriage, full stop. That is settled science. That is not disputed because the vastness of the research has settled it. And then you get this strange claim comes along that somehow <clears throat> same-sex marriage is different, that you can get rid of a biological mother or a biological father via same-sex marriage and parenting, you can break the biological bond, but somehow this time it doesn't matter. And the child doesn't suffer some loss if you break the bond in same-sex parenting, whereas the child always, on average, suffers loss when you break their biological bonds through divorce or single parenting or, or you know, death of a parent. So the whole claim that same-sex parenting is just fine, that the kids are just fine, it makes no difference, is entirely implausible from the start and then when you go and look at the actual science they use to back up their arguments whether it's the AMA or this group yesterday who published a, a very tawdry paper in the Medical Journal of Australia wherever you look you will find two things they simply refuse to address the strong evidence that goes against their narrative they just refuse to acknowledge it for example, the two great studies by Sullins and also by Allen, both in 2015, which I point out in my book, they are brilliant studies which find, for example, Sullins finds four times the rate of serious emotional problems in children raised in same-sex parented families. And that's just the science. It's not an opinion. It's based on a database of some 250,000 young people, 512 of them raised in same-sex parented families. It's solid science. And my point, Neil, is that the AMA simply denied the existence of those published peer-reviewed studies. And this paper yesterday that made the news and was used as a stick on Q&A to beat our side with, this also does not even acknowledge the existence of those two papers, not even in a footnote. So you're dealing with some very, very serious scientific problem of presentation, shall we say. And so, mate, I'm afraid politics trumps clinical science uh, when, when so much is at stake for the progressive side of politics. In fact, it's been now talked about as politicised political, uh, politicised social science. You like to refer, David, to uh, gold standard studies. Yes. And, uh, and the comparison between what a gold standard study might ha have as its foundation of its methodologies yeah. uh, compared to uh, other studies that might be uh, across small samples. How do you actually yeah. uh, compare some of the studies perhaps that you've been yeah. looking at and yeah. uh, on those sorts of ideas, gold standard and yeah. those with small samples? Uh, and your, your listeners should not 
um, get, get cross-eyed and bamboozled, it's really not that difficult to understand the difference. Um, if you want to do a study that is of such high quality that it can be used as a basis for public policy, you have to achieve a couple of gold standard things, right? The population that you study must be random. It mustn't be biased. It's got to be a random selection of people, uh, typically comparing it to another random selection of people. That's what you need. And the second thing you need, it has to be big enough to have statistical power. You can't have a little tin pot little collection because the findings from a small group is just as likely to be a chance finding. So keeping it really simple, those are the two big ones. The, the sample you draw on has to be random and represent the great population properly. That's good. And it has to be big enough to be statistically powerful. Then you can take the findings seriously. Now, when, <laughs> when you read the news reports about, oh, yes, there's been studies to show that, you know, 110 studies in the last 20 years show that it's all fine, or 60 studies show that there's no difference, or whatever you like, well, we know that all but 10 of those studies are essentially rubbish. They are scientific gossip. They are of anecdotal curiosity value only because they are a biased sample of self-selected gay people or lesbian parents or whatever you like. They are a small sample. They are too small a group to be statistically valid, whatever you like. They're of curiosity value, but... All of those, 60, 70, 80, whatever you like, little studies themselves admit that they are too small and they are too biased. Okay, there are about 10 studies, Neil, total in the world literature that meet the gold standard. And of those 10 studies, the preponderance of evidence shows detriment to children of same-sex parented, even harm to children of same-sex parented families. That is the balance of the gold standard science and only that sort of science can be used to draw public policy conclusions. But you won't hear that from the AMA. You won't hear that from my GP college, which was so trivial in their sudden coming out in favour of gay marriage. They didn't even attempt any scientific justification. They just said, oh, oh, look at me. I'm progressive too. You know, it's quite embarrassing, mate. Absolutely embarrassing. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour, Dr. David Van Gend. He leads the Australian Marriage Forum. He's part of the Coalition for Marriage. He's also author of the best-selling book called Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. We are talking through the most controversial issues and if you think there's been something more controversial than the issues we're talking about today, feel free to call us. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, we are taking calls. Uh, David, let's take some calls. Let's start with a call from Mark in Victoria. Hello, Mark. Welcome along. G'day. How are you doing? Very well, Mark. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? Um, well, you're speaking to an uneducated man, but I hope you can still take my... Uh Opinion. I, Your opinion counts as much as anyone's does. I'm a, a man that um, has old-fashioned principles and values, but on all the surveys and all the understanding of people putting through, we really can't gauge um, any understanding from surveys unless it's actually people who are raised in in um, in, in a family that, that's, that's not traditional. And at the end of the day, the problem we're going to have is that we're not going to see the the real issues for another. 
generation of people. You know, if people want to go about doing what what the Bible says is incorrect, um, then then let them do it in quietness. You know, for people that have got traditional marriage values, people that, that are not open to um, a simple marriage that breaks down after five years, people that want to raise a family in traditional values, that needs to be kept sacred for the, the, the Christian values, but also for the people that, that have entered into that covenant. I mean, Mark, you're raising some really good points here. And uh, when you talk about... Uh, the studies, and then you say, uh, what about those children who are raised in various families, what their stories are? Uh, I know that uh, David Van Gend has written about uh, those both. Uh, David, your response for Mark in Victoria. Mark, it's a great insight, and that's the other side of the evidence, if you like. You've got social science, which shows on balance harm to children in same-sex parented families, but you've got the testimonies, and those testimonies are also suppressed by the spirit of the age and the media and so on. But in my book, you can read a whole chapter of children of homosexual homes speak out. And if it doesn't reduce you to tears, you're made of stone. Because when you see these beautiful women, and one man in particular, talking about how much they loved their lesbian parents, but Heather Barwick, for example, says, I loved them, but I ached every day for a dad. Even though I loved my two mums, they could not replace the father that I lost. And Brandy Walton says how she just longed for the affection that her friends got from their dad. And another young woman says, I just want to be held by a man who loves me, but not in a sexual way. I want to be able to show him the pride I've got in my grades. I want to know what he looks like. You know, it's, it's, it's so moving. And these are people who, you know, love their lesbian parents or love their gay parents. But the grief that they have from not having the other half of their existence, the, the person who gave them life. And just one point on that, Mark. You know, for, in a way, forget the social science. It's a secondary thing. It is, if, if you and I and the listeners don't get it, that we are doing something grievous to children if we deliberately, by law, cut them off from their dad or, or cut them off from their mum, if we don't get how unjust that is, then, frankly, we've lost the plot and there's not much more to talk about, let alone social science. And I refer you back to um, Julia Gillard, our Prime Minister in 2013, her most beautiful moment when she gave the national apology in Parliament for um, forced adoption of babies away from their teenage mothers. This was an old government policy. And she said, quote, We broke the most primal and sacred bond there is the bond between a mother and her baby, end quote. Now, it was beautiful, but here we are, Mark, four years later, we are being asked to vote for a new policy that will break that primal and sacred bond all over again. Do we never learn? Because if we institute the marriage of two men as an ideal in our law, we are guaranteeing motherless families in law. We are saying that future children will not have a mum. Uh, so I think every generation finds its own new way of wounding and betraying children, and, and this one will be ours. Thank you to Mark from Victoria for your insight today. Our talkback line is open on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Jason in Victoria. Hi, Jason. Hey, welcome along. I'd like to say that we need to consider what we are doing by what we're voting for 
and when there's no policy in regards to this. You mean there's, there's no bill, there's no legislation? Uh, Jason, uh, yeah, well, just say that one more time. Jason, just to clarify what you were saying. We have to consider what we're voting for because as yet there's no policy that has been in Parliament as yet. I think you're talking about the sorts of guarantees of freedom because those sorts of freedoms, freedom of religion, freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of parents to raise their children, those things are at risk. Your response for Jason. Yes, uh, uh, Jason, you're quite right. And Mr Howard, former Prime Minister John Howard, made this quite clear. He said, you cannot ask people to give Parliament a blank sheet and say, yes, go ahead, when they haven't seen the proposed legislation. We do not know what will be in the bill. You know, the question to us is, will we, uh, do we want the law to change to allow two people of the same sex to marry? But that's actually not what's in the proposed law. It's not two people of the same sex. It's any two people. Now, that may sound like a small point. It's not. It means it's actually transgender marriage. It's, it's any two people. It doesn't even specify other details. So I ask you, Jason, if a person who identifies as uh, genderqueer marries someone who identifies as androgynous and they don't identify as male or female, is that a same-sex marriage? Is it an opposite-sex marriage? What does it mean? Uh, you've got to understand that this is blowing apart the whole notion of male and female itself. Because if we reject the biological truth, the essence of marriage being male and female, then we're rejecting subsequent things, the biological truth of mother and father in a family, and we're even rejecting the biological distinction between male and female, which is why you get all this weird safe schools gender theory imposed on children overseas by law when you bring in same-sex marriage because it's part of a package deal. And so you're quite right, Jason. We don't even know what the law is going to be, and yet we're being asked to vote on it. Jason from Victoria, thank you so much for your insight today here on 2020. Just a couple of minutes out from the news. Uh, after the news, I want to be able to get your thoughts, David, on a new ad for the Coalition for Marriage, uh, which has been given an MA rating. Uh, now, an MA rating so that uh, children are uh, kept from seeing the ad uh, because it's put on at a certain time uh, uh, when adults are uh, uh, presumably watching TV. But, uh, but in fact, uh, it's talking about the sorts of things children are being taught in school. I'll get your impression on that. But we're just uh, with 90 seconds or so to the news, back to uh, some of the way that people can actually do some of their own fact-checking. Now, your book quotes a lot of those studies we were talking about a little earlier. Um, is there an easy way for people to actually see some of the outcomes of these major studies that are important? How can you do your own fact-checking? The, the, the CritiqueAMA.com is our doctor's site with uh, a lot of the relevant research. But to keep it simple, just go to Kindle, buy my little book for $10, all the money will go to the marriage campaign, and there... If you go to Chapter 4 on the social science, you've got the links. There's 400 references in the book, and you just touch on them, and lo and behold, you're at the, uh, you're at the journal article, you're at the website. or you're at. So that's the quickest way to, to check things uh, and find your own confirmation uh, of any of these points, whether it's the testimony of these women raised in same-sex households, whether it's 
um, evidence, you know, questioning the nonsense about being born that way. Any of these disputed matters, it's all there in the book. Even though it's about marriage, it's going to be more relevant if we lose this debate because the opening sentence in my book is this. This book is about what happens if we enshrine a lie at the heart of our culture. We're talking through the controversies today. Dr. David Van Gend, our guest, he leads the Australian Marriage Forum. He's part of the Coalition for Marriage. He wrote the best-selling book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. And David, let's continue to take some calls from listeners because uh, I want to get on to, in just a few moments, uh, the ad, the latest ad for the No campaign, which has been given an MA rating. But, uh, David, let's hear from listeners. Just, just before that, yep. one small point, the 60% uh, yes vote. Don't, don't go believing the polls. Don't be discouraged as if it's a done deal. It's not. Because remember what happened in Brexit and, more important, what happened in the Trump-US election. There are very many people who are voting no, but tell the pollsters, oh, I'm voting yes, because they simply don't want to be identified as voting no. There's been so much intimidation of our side, so much fear, that people will honestly say, yeah, yeah, I'm voting yes, just because they don't want to be identified as voting no. So we expect quite a surprise. We expect that this game is still open, and if everyone wants to help, they just go to coalitionformarriage.com.au and sign up quickly as a volunteer come and join us on the weekend with our fancy fluorescent vests and our and our little brochures and we'll knock on doors and say guys last chance to vote please consider the consequences of voting yes for our kids education and for our freedom of speech and religion all right we're taking calls let's hear from julianne in eden's landing in queensland hello julianne welcome along oh good morning yes it's um i just want to share my ideas or my thoughts yep um, with biblical speaking, and I don't know how much this will be welcomed, but if people want to read what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah, um, an example of what God showed, how he felt about um, all that that sort of business. It has been quite controversial, the way people have been talking about that passage in the Scriptures and people interpreting it in all sorts of different ways. Uh, do you have a, uh, a response on uh, that issue, David? Well, it's hard for us looking back from our Christian era on those dark, dark days uh, in the Old Testament. You know, the, 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 the depth of, um, of dissent in, in places like Jericho and, and Canaan and elsewhere uh, was obviously pretty intense. Uh, that that the whole land had to be cleansed, the whole show had to be cleared and restarted. So we can't even imagine how bad things were back then. And obviously, in the in the story of Lot and and that you mentioned, that um, that particular sexual decadence was a big part of it. And I don't think people should try and weasel out of that. I think any sexual decadence, whether it's heterosexual or homosexual, can become so depraved and so bad that it's almost beyond redemption. And I think that's what that story was, was talking about. But I, I disagree with, you know, for example, Father Frank Brennan was on Q&A. Uh, he seemed to be adopting the role of God's elder brother, apologizing for the Bible and apologizing for the Catholic catechism and basically saying, you know, that it's really not that bad. Uh, we shouldn't be using words about homosexual behavior like the traditional teaching that it's, it's a disordered form of behavior. Now, I don't, I don't shy away from that because to me, the behavior is so separate from the person. Um, homosexuality doesn't, ident identif doesn't define a person at all. The only thing that defines a person is that they are loved by God, they are known and 
and and written on the palm of his hand and like the rest of us uh we're sinners who need forgiveness and 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 help so that's what all of us are now if someone has same-sex attraction that is just a curious part of their makeup it is not who they are and what's more being same-sex attracted carries absolutely no moral blame it is no one's fault no one chooses it it is just one of these puzzling uh phenomena uh, whereas by contrast uh, julianne sexual behavior for any of us is a choice and we are culpable for the sexual behavior we might choose to do and for christian people it's pretty darn simple no sexual behavior is on at all and and that's for all of us unless it is within the faithful unconditional commitment of man woman marriage end of story so yeah you're right to bring up that ancient story is a as a sort of extreme example but for all of us for all of us um the one great ideal the one great covenant uh is the faithful unconditional um man woman marriage which is essentially made in the image of god Julianne from Eden's Landing, thanks so much for your call. And just just touching on this for a moment, because there are a half a dozen or so uh, incidents in the Bible where homosexuality is discussed, and usually it's in a negative way. Uh, the The controversies around these particular passages appear to have arisen because people have tried to turn those passages around to justify a homosexuality being something that is good so that they can align that with marriage. Of course, uh, even if that were the case, it's still a separate issue because what's talked about with homosexuality in the Bible is different to the idea that there is a definition of marriage in the Bible, and that definition is always between a man and a woman. We're taking yes. calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Tom in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Tom. Welcome along. Hi. Um, I I was reading a blog written by a scientist, and she um, submitted quite a number of papers for peer review. Um, but just out of curiosity, she, she'd included errors in those papers. And when they came back, she found that only a very small percentage of people picked those errors up. I was just wondering if we've made um, peer reviews a bit of a sacred cow, or, or what, what's your uh, opinion, Dave, again? Tom, you're spot on, uh, and people need to you know, have confidence in our scientists and our, and our academics and our doctors, but not blind faith, because the whole peer review system is terribly corrupted. I have been a peer reviewer. I know how shabby the system is and how little uh, rigor is required in the process. It is a form of check and balance. It does help filter out some of the shabbier research. But it didn't stop the great frauds getting through, like um, the Korean scientist who claimed to have cloned a human embryo. That was total fraud. It got into the top science journal in the world. Uh, and it doesn't... The, what's worse is that the peer-reviewed process is now used to ban certain opinions, ban certain findings. That's happened in the same-sex marriage debate where essentially, um, maybe not quite a ban, but such an exclusion that researchers uh, who find harm to children have had to go to far away journals just in order to get a chance of presenting their data and if you remember the climate uh, change debate um, the the so-called um, climate email scandal revealed that certain top scientists were deliberately 
excluding opposing research from certain journals, and they actually got one of the editors sacked because he dared to publish peer-reviewed science that opposed their opinion. So you're right, Tom, to bring up the question of peer review. It's not a sacred thing. It is just a a sort of fairly useful check and balance. Thank you so much to Tom from Logan. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Anne-Marie in New South Wales. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hello, how are you? Good. What are your thoughts, Anne-Marie? Well, I deal with the aged care and I found a lot of clients are under the impression that it's all due to Christianity that we're voting no for and a lot of friends are in the same same boat and they don't realise the big can of worms that's going to be opened up and I'm just a bit worried that all these information that we're bringing out now is too late. Mm. I mean, I listen to the Vision channel constantly all day and every day through work. I'm in my car all the time but there's so many people that don't listen to that and I asked my daughter what her views were on it and she said, Mum, I know you're going to say no because your Christianity belief and I was about to start biting and then she said, but I've now changed my mind. She said, because I was going to say yes but for the fact that she heard a man who has a partner of the same sex saying that he did not want to be married. He was very happy having a partner. Um, and the reason why he didn't want, they didn't want to get married was because of the big can of worms that's going to be opened up. Anne-Marie, you raised some really good points. Uh, the fact that we are Christians, we have a definable way of saying this is where our position is going to fall, but that doesn't mean that there are others who are outside of Christian faith who don't recognise that there is some common sense here. Your response for Anne-Marie, uh, what are your thoughts, David? A magnificent question, great point. Remember, Anne-Marie, uh, marriage is not a Christian or religious invention at all. Uh, religion merely enriches marriage, brings new layers of meaning to marriage. But marriage is essentially a natural institution defined by the fact that in nature, male and female have a pair bond, which then typically creates offspring. And so throughout human history, long before the Christian era, even in pagan societies, Every society tries hard to keep man and woman together so that the child of their union has, um, has a legitimacy, has a bond to their own kinship group, has their mum and dad. And so it creates social stability. And so that is why marriage exists. It reinforces a natural phenomenon, uh, a biological uh, institution, if you like. Uh, so you're, you're, it, it's wrong to suggest that this is a religious issue. It's not. It's actually about the truth of nature, that only man and woman can create children, only man and woman can give a child to mum and dad, and therefore every society has to try and keep man and woman together because the alternative is abandoned women and fatherless children and chaos and crime. So it is an institution of nature and timeless culture and we are idiots if we think we can demolish it and create a genderless institution. Anne-Marie from New South Wales, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call or two. There's lots of people calling through. Let's uh, try and be quick with these. Let's hear from Philip in WA. Hello, Philip. Yes, good morning. Philip, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I'm a parent member on a public primary school council in WA, and I was shown a draft... Uh, education department form called 
information relating to transgender and intersex students. Now, it's top secret. Uh, we were not given a copy. We're not allowed to tell anybody. Um, it contains, and I've seen it myself, Section 18C, prosecution provisions for parents who object to their child being taught uh, transgender and uh, uh, um, and all those sort of um, issues. So yeah. this is definitely a consequence uh, planned uh, and being kept secret to changing uh, the act, and it's ready to go. Philip, these things you're sharing are quite chilling in the way that so many people are preparing for what they assume is the inevitable change with a yes vote. Your response for what Philip is sharing, David Van Gend? Neil, uh, Philip's point is the most important one yet because that is the whole point for the activists on the other side. You bring in same-sex marriage... Uh, not because you want marriage, you don't. Most gay people don't want marriage. But you bring it in because it gives you power to then control the education of children. Because if we do enshrine gay and transsexual marriage in law, then schools have to teach that homosexual, bisexual, transsexual behaviour is normal and right. And that is what we've seen overseas, Philip. Uh, in Ontario and Canada, they've got gay marriage. They've just brought in a new law which actually provides for the state to prosecute parents and remove their child if the parents resist the child's desire to change gender. That's happened. And right now, last week, the Prime Minister of Britain, Mrs. Theresa May, a conservative, so-called, talked to a, a gay gathering and said, OK, we've had gay marriage, now we will bring in LGBT sex education to all schools. And one example in London, under Mrs May, the Vishnitz Primary School for Jewish girls is threatened with closure because they refuse to teach transgender, uh, sex change and LGBT issues to these little primary girls. So, Philip, you are quite right. The main game of gay marriage is gay sex education and gender ideology. They want the minds of our children. That is what the... Not the gentle people, not the gentle guys. They just want to marry and, and, and sort of have a pat on the back. But for the serious activists, they want the power to control your children's education and to silence you and me and anyone else who dissents via these 18C-type provisions. You've hit the nail on the head. Thank you to Philip from WA. Let's take one more quick call. Simon is in Queensland. Hello, Simon. Welcome along. Oh, hi. Good morning. <coughs> Yeah, I just had a question uh, that came up partly on Q&A when they were talking about the studies, you know, that said that children weren't harmed in uh, homosexual um, marriages, that um, the only harm caused was by the discrimination that the, the family had received. I just wondered um, on your thoughts on that and how we should respond to that. Well, it's wrong on so many points, Simon. For a start, there is no discrimination. Zero. In Australia, same-sex couples are identical in law to de facto couples of a man and woman. They're essentially identical to married couples. The only difference is some very tiny procedural convenience. Nothing else. So all couples are the same in law, and their children are the same in law. Identical in all aspects. And so there is no legal discrimination. And one of the great studies by Sullins found that children of same-sex parents actually suffered less bullying, less stigma at school, so they reported. So this is just one of these wild claims made to, feel, made to make gentle, good-hearted people feel, oh dear, 
we'd better change marriage so kids don't get a hard time. Well, let me say to you, you do not overturn the foundation of society with all the harms that flow from that as a form of therapy. Therapy for some troubled kids or some low self-esteem adults. That is ridiculous. There are other ways to help troubled people short of overturning the foundation of society with all the consequences that flow for our kids' education and our freedom of speech. Thank you so much uh, to Simon in Queensland for your call. We'll put a a line under those calls now because uh, just another, uh, what is interesting and what is quite sensational and what some people will will shake their heads and say, how is this happening? I wanted to raise with you and get your thoughts, David Van Gent. Uh, The Coalition for Marriage aired its latest campaign video. Uh, It's an an advertisement that's been given an MA rating due to the content. And uh, the interesting thing here is uh, the content that's being discussed is what is being taught to children in school. Uh, What are your thoughts on, on the way that this particular ad has been given this MA rating? Yeah, look, this is another brilliant ad by the Coalition for Marriage, and you can see it at their website and their Facebook page, coalitionformarriage.com.au. And a shout-out to my good mate, uh, Radagast, who created this brilliant video. Uh, He's a genius, and I know he's listening to your show, Neil. But the point about this ad is that it quotes two sentences from the Safe Schools material, uh, minus 18 booklets, which were on the Safe Schools resource site, and which are still on the Victorian government Safe Schools page and a South Australian high school's Safe Schools student resource. So it's actually out there now for school students. And it says two things which I won't quote because there's probably little children listening in WA still, if you don't mind, Neil. But it is quite gross. Um, I, I urge you to go and look at the ad online so you can see these two quotes from the booklets, Oh My God, I'm Queer and Oh My God, I'm Trans which are put out by the endorsement of safe schools. Now, as you said, Neil, these are quotes from stuff for kids at school, and yet the advertising authorities won't let it be shown except for MA, after hours, unfit for children. This is how bizarre the situation has become. And the ad opens with Ros Ward, who created Safe Schools. She's the out-and-proud Marxist, saying it's a nonsense to say you can't have safe schools and, and not have same-sex marriage. You know, you've you got to have them together, essentially, is her message. And she is right. It is a package deal, and any person listening or any of our friends who vote yes to same-sex marriage are voting yes to putting the moral education of your kids into the hands of sexual radicals. Please, please, please vote no if you haven't, or get your friends to vote no while there's time. And doesn't that confirm, David Van Gent, uh, that all of this sort of thing that you'll hear about there being a separation between uh, the sorts of agendas uh, that people might have with the Safe Schools program, uh, gender uh, fluidity and those sorts of things linked with gay marriage? Because doesn't this sort of expression just confirm that there is an obvious link? Well, there is, because it's the whole notion of taking gender and destroying it. Because, as I said... If man and woman is no longer a truth that we respect in marriage, then mother and father is no longer a truth that we respect in family and parenting. And the very notion of male and female is a sort of thing that's in our heads that we make up and we define. We are essentially moving to a position of cultural insanity. We are moving to a Gnostic heresy like the third century of the Christian era 
where the Gnostics said, no, 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 there's no real world out there, it's what I think in my head. It is so dangerous, Neil, and it messes with our kids' minds in a big way, and that is the uh, essential uh, fear of a yes vote prevailing. David, we're almost out of time, uh, and there's not a lot of time left for that one in four Australians to get their vote in. And their vote could be crucial, because if the polls are right, the yes vote is heading for victory. What's your encouragement to people listening to our conversation today about, first of all, getting their vote in, because time is short, uh, but also then to just continue to raise these discussions amongst friends? Yes, first, the polling is going to be much closer than that. Uh, All those shy no voters will come out in the count. So this is still winnable. And we do need everyone to make sure that their aunt, their uncle, their granny in the nursing home, their friends uh, know that we've got to post it in the next five or six days. And just put to them, you know, please consider the consequences of this. Please consider what it means for safe schools on steroids for your kids. And what does it mean for silencing your pastor, intimidating your bishop? You know, this continual relentless fear of anti-discrimination lawsuits, which is what the other side wants. They want to silence any dissent and establish this um, uniform forced acceptance of their particular view of things. We welcome their, them having their view. We want to live and net live. We just don't want them to be able to force conformity on all of us and our kids through the force of law. That's what's at stake, people. Uh, And I'm sorry, I know people will disagree, but I'm just putting our side to it. And please encourage everyone to vote no in the next few days. And yourselves, go to coalitionformarriage.com.au if you want to help. We'll all be out this weekend with a smile and a a knock on the door and a a last-ditch effort to get the vote out. Please join us through Uh, coalitionformarriage.com.au. You know, it's our duty for the sake of future children and for our freedoms and for our faith itself. Well, no one's resting until the last vote has been received at the Australian Bureau of Statistics. For those who are just waiting, where do I go from here? Uh, You mentioned, David, a $10 Kindle download of your book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice of Marriage Equality. That's the way that people can arm themselves. And Uh, Available at Coorong Books as well. Yeah, a thousand or two at Coorong. They've done very well. They're terrific. You mentioned the Coalition for Marriage website. Uh, Earlier you mentioned the CritiqueAMA.com. Now that's going to be for people who want to get really into the depths of uh, doing some more academic research as to uh, how those studies that we were talking about a little earlier. You mentioned Sullins and Allen and uh, some of those key studies. You said there's about ten primary studies. Six of those uh, will demonstrate that there is disadvantage that would be entrenched for children if the, uh, if the legislation changes. That's so right. there are some good places for people to go for further detail, for further information, for some further research. But I want to thank you, Dr. David Van Gent, uh, leading the Australian Marriage Forum, part of the Coalition for Marriage. You've been a tireless campaigner. And uh, just to encourage people to get a hold of that book, Stealing from a Child, The Injustice for Marriage Equality. David, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks so much, Neil. Goodbye and to your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.